We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 12, 2012. This is part two. And next article, a union website for ironworkers has been exposed for spelling out details on the Department of Homeland Security's TWIC and SWAC programs. The TWIC is short for Transportation Worker Identification Credential, and the SWAC stands for Secure Worker Access Consortium. The TWIC is a biometric credential that ensures only vetted workers are eligible to enter a secure construction site unescorted. So we have a devil president that's totally unvetted, (laughs) was born in Kenya, was, I mean, you could go on and on and on about all the proof that could be offered up there. And yet, you can't, you've got to be vetted, I mean, to the nth degree to even, you know, be a construction worker in, under these parameters here. But it's okay that if our president's not. That's, that's, that's okay. Uh, let's go further here. Uh, Iron Workers Locals 361 in Ozone Park, New York, explains, quote, before issuing a TWIC, TSA must conduct, and TSA, the legion of perverted pedophiles, who, I mean, because who else would want that job, groping people and taking naked body pictures in airports and, I mean, the the, the scum of the earth, essentially, pretty much. I mean, okay, I'm not going to say there couldn't be exceptions, but I'm saying, for the most part, people that would do that job, okay, Uh, TSA must conduct a security threat assessment on the TWIC applicant, an applicant who, as a result of the assessment, is determined to not only pose a security threat, will be issued a TWIC card. In other words, construction workers in New York will need permission from the TSA and the Department of Homeland Security in order to practice their profession and earn a living. It was much the same in the former Soviet Union and authoritarian states such as China, where the government determines all aspects of an individual's life and where even mildly rebellious are punished. The SWAC is even more draconian. It's a large-scale collaborative effort among public and partnering... Public and... Hold on here. Private authorities, facility owners, contractors, and labor organizations Organizers who are partnering to prevent terrorist activity by creating a trusted contractor community. So, over 500 organizations, including the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, which manages and maintains bridges, tunnels, bus terminals, airports, path, whatever that is, and seaports that are essential to the bi-state region's trade and transportation capabilities, have joined this effort, according to the union website. So, it's a lot of people involved here. Um, SWAC also requires a background investigation by the government, so if construction, port workers, longshoremen, and truck drivers are involved in political activity frowned upon by the feds, for instance, 9-11 truthers, um, they are considered dangerous and subversive by the State Department, and it is likely they're going to have to find another line of work. Well, why don't they just execute them right there? I mean, come on, gut shoot them. You know, we don't, people like that don't deserve to live, right? I mean, that's how it's going to ultimately probably end up getting, you know. But I'm just saying, this is just so insane, all of this. It's like guilty until proven innocent. You don't have any right to free speech anymore, you know. You better not be any kind of free thinker. 
You know, it's, it's just unbelievable. A SWAC PDF specifically mentions treason and an exhaustive list of crimes and misdeeds that will result in the federal government denying a person the right to earn a living. Treason. Like our treasonous government? Yeah. The, the biggest hypocrites on the planet? Yeah. Like them. The TWIC disclosure and certification form states the following. I acknowledge that if TSA, the biggest bunch of devils and perverts, if this big bunch of devils and perverts, TSA, or any other law enforcement agencies determine that I pose an imminent threat to national security or transportation security, my employer may be notified. Unbelievable. Here's the next report. According, uh, are you against a one-world economy or a one-world government? Do you deeply love individual liberty? Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Or what the big brother would deem as conspiracy theories? If you answered any of those questions affirmatively, then you are a potential terrorist, according to the brand new Department of Homeland Security report just released in 2012. Now, again, I'm reporting on different stories here. These aren't the, the same story rehashed. This is new, different, draconian things they're doing. And I lumped them all together because they all obviously um, are very confirming of one another and very much related to one another. The Bible says out of the mouth of two, of two or three witnesses a thing is established. This is what we're doing here. We're establishing this as not just one little fringe thing happening. This is a huge, huge effort that's happening on a gigantic level. So, this report is entitled Hot Spots of Terrorism and Other Crimes in the United States um, from 1970 to 2008. And it was produced by the National Consortium for the Study of Terrorism and Response to Terrorism for the Department of Homeland Security. The report shameless, shamelessly attempts to portray red-blooded Americans that love liberty and love their country as the enemy. Once upon a time... Deeply patriotic Americans were considered to be the backbone of America, but now they are considered to be potential terrorists. And this report is yet another example of how the definition of terrorism has changed. A decade ago, the entire focus was on the war on terror with radical Muslims. Well, in the new report, there's barely any mention of Islam at all. Instead, the report identifies patriots. Conspiracy theorists, evangelical Christians, anti-abortion activists, survivalists, and those that are against globalism, they're the real threats. So, see, we're the bad guys. A, a Christian, just in general. We're, we're the ones that, that um, are the evil force and, and that needs to be corralled and managed and done away with. We're, we're the bad guys. Well, you had to figure if Satan... You know, as, as you give Satan an inch, he's going to take a mile. As Satan tightens the noose more and more and more, you, you had to believe this was the direction that things would ultimately end up going. One of them to call evil good and good evil. And this is what, and, and you know, they're framing mischief by a law, as I had mentioned earlier. So this is where, where they're moving here. The, the focus on the war on terror has fundamentally shifted. According to the new DHS report, the following are some of the beliefs and ideologies of American terrorists. Okay, so here's some of the belief according to this Department of Homeland Security report of American terrorists. Um, people that are fiercely nationalistic. 
as opposed to universal and international in orientation. In other words, they're, they're patriotic, essentially, uh, regarding their country. Now, these are quotes from the report. People that are anti-global. So, people that don't want a global government. Oh, I mean, that's the worst thing I've heard lately. How dare you not be New World Order? Well, again, it's so flagrant, it's so in your face now, that they're actually coming out and just basically flat out saying, you know, listen, this is what our agenda is, and if you don't like it, you're a terrorist. You know, um, also, people that are suspicious of centralized federal authority. I can't imagine why I'd be suspicious at all. I mean, the government's just totally got our best interest at heart. Why would we be suspicious? You know, but if you are, you're a terrorist. Or are reverent of individual liberty. How dare they, they want their individual liberty and, 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 and consider that something sacred. No, you can't have that anymore. Or if they believe in conspiracy theories. No, they're conspiracy facts, most of, the, of them all. They're not theories at all. Or people that believe that one's personal and or national way of life is under attack. Oh, I would never... I mean, these are things that anybody with half a brain in their head that studied any of these things would all come to the conclusion of, essentially. And yet, well, they, they know that. They figure, well, the other part of the population who have been totally fluoridated, drugged, chemtrailed, all the stuff they're doing to the food, the water, the air... All of the other things that we get into, vaccinated to the gills. People that don't have the ability to free think, that, that, that are just basically, you know, being assimilated into Big Brother. Well, they're really not a threat. But the people that are outside of that system would be the ones believing these very things. So they are the threat. Obviously, they have to be identified. They have to be demonized. And even though these are the people that would represent people that would want righteousness in a particular situation, they're the ones that are going to be demonized. Uh, People that believe in the need to be prepared for an attack, either by participating in paramilitary preparations or training or survivalism. I mean, they just, what they want is a bunch of, of sheeple people that will just lay down and just, you know roll over on their back and, and just, whatever you want to do to me, big brother, just do it. Uh, whatever you want, I'll, I'll, I'll go along with it. I mean, this is what they want. I mean, what a pathetic society <laughs> that they want, that they're really actively trying to create. I'd rather be dead. I mean, honestly, death is, is way, way, way more preferable than rolling over to this and just, and just act, you know, acquiescing to these devils. Um, imposing strict religious tenets or laws on society. Fundamentalists. In other words, that would include fundamental Christians, meaning they believe in the fundamentals of the faith of the Bible. They're terrorists. Inserting religion into the political sphere. Mm, How dare they? Is there another some more? Uh, Those people who seek to politicize religion. People that supported political movements for autonomy. Um, People that are anti-abortion. They're terrorists. Did you know that? People who are anti-Catholic. Oh, I thought that was very interesting. 
all these things about you know religion and all these other things and anti-abortion, and then people that are anti-Catholic. Hmm. Maybe that's because Catholicism is going to play such a big part in the coming one world religion that I've been documenting here in the last, particularly in the last six months regarding Catholicism, and how that so many people, so many ministries are starting to just overtly. And we're going to talk about that more very, very soon here. Tom horns up to his little tricks again. Um, and then people that are anti-nuclear. <laughs> the, all the all the things that they're suppressing with energy, free energy. We could have had free energy. We've known about free energy and these types of technologies. They've just all been suppressed. Why? Because it would it would they control us through the oil, through the gas, through these types of things that we're dependent on to drive our cars and to get around and these types of things. They do not want us having that self-sufficient freedom to go about and do our business without relying on Big Brother. Nuclear is part of that. You know? And look at what has just happened with Fukushima. And I, I keep reading every week now that there's nuclear reactors around America that they're releasing... Um, payloads of, of nuclear material, they're overheating, things of this, so many of them are in disrepair. I mean, the potential for disaster is just off the scale regarding that subject alone. Um, but anybody that's anti-nuclear, they're, they're terrorists too, you know. Uh, so all of the above that I gave you, like anti-abortion, anti-nuclear, anti-Catholic, all of the above are direct quotes from this report from Department of Homeland Security. There's a link here to it. You can click on. Do any of those beliefs apply to you? But the mainstream media is making it seem like there's an epidemic of anti-government extremists that need to be dealt with. For example, the following comes from a recent USA Today article entitled, The FBI, More Locals Seek Help. FBI, More Locals Seek Help with Anti-Government Extremists. This is just so sickening to me. The FBI is being inundated with calls from local government officials. What kind of little worm would, would call the FBI about this stuff? I just can't imagine the patheticness of a person's life to have bought and bought into this and drank the Kool-Aid and, and, and to have just given into this. I, I, I just can't even imagine... The prospect of that person ever being able to actually be saved, I think, is slim to none. I believe to get to that point, you've, your conscience has probably been seared with a hot iron, as the Bible talks about. That possibly being given over to a reprobate mind. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't be saved. I just know that most people aren't going to be saved. The Bible says that narrow is the way which leadeth, leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go there. And then you combine that with the fact that God is the one sending the strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness regarding the end times. God's the one doing that. There are not a whole lot of people that are going to be saved. And I would say near the top of the list at least in this particular category, are the government bureaucrats in the system going along with it, in agreement with it. I mean, I just, I don't see a lot of hope there. I'm not saying, and I'm not, 
asking. I mean, I want him to get saved. I really do. But I'll tell you, man, Big Brother's coming, and they're going to be the, the, the foot soldiers for Big Brother. And it's pure evil. Pure evil. So, the FBI is being inundated with calls from local government officials asking for assistance in dealing with any government extremists, officials said. I mean, the government's given us no reason to, to be anti-government. I mean, look at the stuff I'm reporting on today. I mean, there's no, there, there, there's, there's no, I mean, there's no reason for us to be anti-government or to be against all this evil, right? If you're a true born-again Christian, you will love righteousness. God loves righteousness. You know another thing God loves? He loves judgment. He loves just judgment. Particularly if you look in the Old Testament, over and over and over it will say, like in Isaiah in particular, where it talks about because there was no judgment, God withdrew his hand from this nation. What, what do you mean judgment? Like hypocritical judgment where I, I've got a beam in my own eye and I'm judging the speck in my brothers? No, that's hypocritical and that's when Jesus Christ said, judge not lest ye be judged. That's when we don't judge, when we have a beam in our own eye and we're judging the speck in our others. That's being a hypocrite. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. Because there is no judgment, righteous judgment in the land, or very little of it, wickedness abounds. See, righteous judgment stomps out wickedness. It's the remedy, in part, in part, not the only, but it is the remedy for wickedness. But when the court systems become rogue and evil, and their judgments are evil, and I've seen a whole ton of that and then the government systems become rogue and evil and there's no righteous judgment taking place wickedness takes over and the Bible also says in uh, Psalm 12 verse 8 that the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted well look at look at the vilest president we've ever had ever and is is absolutely obviously by certain factions of America put on this godlike pedestal the man's pure evil and I understand he's just a puppet on a string I understand that him and his wife both they're pure evil and they're exalted and all of the, the stars in Hollywood, how they're exalted. And Lady Blasphemous Lady Gaga and Witch Madonna. And all of these devils that are out there that are being exalted and put on a pedestal by our sick, depraved country. And I don't, I don't mean my listeners. I'm just talking about people in general. And, the, you know, the Super Bowl and, and the halftime show. And, I mean, all that was was a gigantic witchcraft. That I could do a, probably a ten-part study on that alone. I just don't have time to devote to something like that. I probably will put out some links that go into all the occult significance of that halftime show. But I got there's just too many other things that are more important than dealing with that. When that witch Madonna. And that wasn't a Baphomet thing she was wearing. It was an Anubis it was an Anubis crown. It wasn't Baphomet. It wasn't... I, I knew when they said Baphomet, I'm like, no. 
That's not the goat of Mendez. That's not Baphomet. That's Anubis. I believe the god of the underworld, the god of death. That's the thing she was wearing. Anyway, um, when you've got all that dynamic going on, I mean, darkness is just going to start overtaking and overtaking and blinding the populace. And this is what's happened. This is where we're at. Blind. People are so deluded and blinded. It's just, it's really, it's really sickening to see it. The FBI has broadened the definition of, quote, suspicious activity so much that literally anyone now could fall under it. In 2012, the following activities are now considered to be suspicious by the FBI. And there's a link to the article on this suspicious activity. Here's suspicious activity. Shielding your computer screen from others. Paying with cash. Acting nervous. Using multiple cell phones. Requesting a specific room at a hotel. Traveling with a large amount of luggage. Ooh, boy, that's evil. Anyway, refusing maid service at a hotel. Whenever I've stayed, I always do that. Because, personally, I don't trust people. You know? I mean, I'm sorry, I just don't. You don't know who's in your room. You don't know what they might do. I've heard, I've been with my parents enough when we traveled growing up and we had stuff stolen. And to know that that's not something that I think you need to be doing every day. Requesting maid service. <laughs> it's a stranger coming in your room. Rifling, potentially rifling through your stuff. I remember one time I went with my parents and man, they stole like like a camera, my, my, I mean a really expensive camera, and there was something else. And we were checking out, and by the time my parents knew about it, it was like, you know, we were already gone. Um, staying in your room for too long, that's other potential terrorist activity. And changing your appearance. In fact, if you see any of these things, you're supposed to contact the feds right away. Big Brother's there, and he's here to protect you. And he'll never do you wrong. Ever. <laughs> uh, next article. As the definition of a domestic extremist continues to expand to include activists for peace, animal rights, currency, natural health, and liberty, the FBI is ready to make an example out of one group in particular. Well, obviously it's just not one group, but in this particular thing it is. The FBI held a press conference yesterday to increase the visibility of the threat of, of what they term as libertarians. The political party libertarians. Um, that people who oppose, also people who oppose unlawful taxes and regulations, government intrusions into their private property, and the desire for sound money, meaning money that's actually backed by something instead of backed by thin air, like our money has been we were, we've been off the gold standard for like 19, 1933. How dare we desire sound money? I mean, I love unjust scales and balances. I mean, you know, why, why shouldn't we desire evil things? I mean, it's like, again, woe to them that call evil good and good evil. Everything is reversed in our wicked, corrupt society now. It's all become reversed. Things that are evil, that's good. Things that are good, that's considered evil and terroristic. 
Um, so, if you oppose unlawful taxes, unlawful regulations, government intrusions into your private property, or, the, or if you desire some money, you, uh, you are a, a, allegedly a threat and a potential terrorist. Now, and there's a, I'm not going to go any more into that. There's a link you can click on in that article. There's going to be uh, it's a 20-page PDF for this teaching on February 12, 2012. You can go and access at contendingfortruth.com if you're hearing this. Okay, so let's continue here. Uh, we're going to shift gears now. Uh, this one is, I entitled it, Jesuit Catholic Tom Horn is at it again and getting more flagrant by the day. Just read his last, or at least one of his last articles, Petrus Romanus, Part 5, The False Prophet and the Antichrist are here. My comment is, here is the latest Catholic promoting propaganda piece put out by Tom Horn of Raiders News Network. I can't not do this, because this guy is getting so flagrant. He just, what he really needs to do is just come out and say, listen, I've been... I haven't been straight up with you guys, my listeners. I am a Catholic. My name is Tom Horn. And I believe that Catholicism is the one true religion. And that it's just been corrupted by the evil Masonic infiltrators. Particularly since Vatican II. Because this is the absolute message he is clearly, clearly, clearly conveying and sending. All of his main articles now seems as though, if they deal with religion, are all talking about the Catholic Church, are all talking about the coming assassination of the Pope, and how the Catholic Church has been strayed from its traditionalist roots, it's been corrupted by the Masons, by the Freemasons, and that we need to essentially fight against this evil corruption. Because ultimately the Catholic Church is the one true church. I mean, this is the, this is the message I get loud and clear when I read his garbage that he's putting out. He's using Jesuit Catholic... I mean, the Jesuits... I just did a teaching not too long ago. The most evil faction of the Catholic Church. He is going out of his way to use them as his chief sources of information and to glorify them. It would be one thing if you read out of Catholic sources and then you say, but listen, here's what it really means. that These guys are evil. They're wicked. No, 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 no. He's not doing that. He's letting them talk. He's, he's, he's putting out their information and then he's just putting it out. And that's it. And this, you're not even getting any uh, rebuttal of anything. Well, if you don't rebut it, if you don't refute it, then what are you doing? You're, you're promoting it. You're putting it out as though it's truth. Now, I've already done two teachings on this. Nobody's come back to me and refuted anything on either teaching. Not to say I'm Mr. Perfect or Wonderful. And I give you all the links to those teachings at the end of this article. You know why? Because you can't refute something if it comes out of their mouth. If it comes from their website. All the stuff I did on Missler. All the stuff I'm doing on Tom Horn. And they're totally yoked up. Imagine that. Imagine that. Chuck Missler and Tom Horn in lockstep. Gary Stearman with them now. 
all of these other people that are in alternative media yoking up with them. Now, I'm not saying they're all bad, but I'm saying you better get off that train before God's judgment comes down on you if you're really a born-again Christian, if you're not an infiltrator, if you're not just there to promote the Catholic Church and the Jesuit agenda and to bring in a one-world religion, which is what I firmly believe they're all about at this point. You couldn't convince me otherwise. I've seen way too much proof. I've seen no recanting. I've seen no rebuttal. I've seen no apologies issued. I've seen nothing addressed. They're they're just ignoring the information as though, it, oh yeah, we, we, we said it. So what? Well, why? Because their true agenda has finally come out. It's so flagrantly obvious now. There's no way that Anybody that took any kind of honest look at this information could draw any other kind of conclusion unless their mind has been so totally darkened and so blinded that they can't even see. I'm going to read this to you, and you tell me. I'm not mad at you, the listeners. I'm just saying I'm mad at this flagrance of information and the fact that they haven't come out and said, you know, we really, we're Jesuits. Of course, Jesuits would never do that. They're way, they're, they're not going to come. But the fact that, I mean, all all this is, is is a Catholic website now, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there are direct links on many of his stories, and, I, and I've, I've saved a ton of them. They're in my other PDFs that you can access. I mean, they, they take you right to Catholic news sites. They're, I mean, Catholic News Network, or whatever that one is. I can't tell you how many he's linked to. And there's not been one thing in any of that to say, caution, this is to a Catholic site. We're just giving this for whatever reason. No, 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 no. It's promotion. There is there is no rebuttal. There is no nothing. So, makes my job really easy, what he's doing. Anybody or anybody like him. It's not even, I mean, this is so simple. Let's just read. This is from his last, um, the the title on his lead story. I don't, it's probably not up there right now, but it was in the last week. In the wake of Vatican II, traditionalist Roman Catholic groups see evidence that Alta Vendetta, Vendita has indeed succeeded above even the most improbable Calculations. Now, that was the first line in Tom Horn's lead article entitled Petrus Romanus, the False Prophet, and the Antichrist are here. The first line, let me read it again, in the wake of Vatican II. Traditionalist, meaning these are Roman Catholics that are true to, to, to the traditional faith of Roman Catholicism, the same devil religion that was nothing more than a knockoff of paganism from its very inception when Constantine started this whole garbage in 318. They paganized all the holidays. It was like Babylonian mystery religions with a Christian slant. The same devil religion that killed most likely over 50 million people during the Inquisitions in the most brutal, horrific fashion and believe in a gospel based totally on works, 
keeping the seven sacraments, doing this, doing that, which is a total affront to the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross and the blood he shed to save our souls. It's like trying to spit in Jesus Christ's face when you, when you think that the Catholic religion is going to save you, believe in an infant baptism, the, doc, the blasphemous doctrine of transubstantiation where they believe that they can literally change the Catholic communion host and the wine into the literal, literal, literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. And the whole line of corrupt, wick, wicked, sick, twisted popes that have done the most evil, horrific things over the years. And then, not to mention, the whole legion of pedophile priests that have been assaulting little boys and girls for ages. Yes, but those were the good, good old days when we really stuck to the Catholic traditions. It's only been since Vatican II since things have been corrupted. Do you see the mega hypocrisy here? The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Catholic Church was always wicked and evil from its very inception. It was nothing but evil. But this is, this is the angle good old Tom Horn and people like him and of his ilk are using in order to bring Christians back into the fold of the mother whore. of the Roman Catholic Church, they're going to use this angle to say, oh, it's just been since Vatican II that the Catholic Church has been corrupted. Before that, it was puritanical. It was wonderful. A wonderful thing. Yeah, go back and listen to some of my teachings where I document how wonderful it was and all of the horrific atrocities they've committed. they committed openly for hundreds of years, particularly during the Inquisitions, and the garbage that they did in the name of God, with all those torture devices in particular. I mean, it is so far away from Bible-believing New Testament Christianity, I don't know how much farther away, I don't know how much more of a stench in God's nostril that the Catholic Church could possibly be. At least the Satans are honest, Satanists are honest about what they do. Or pagans are honest about what they do. No, no, no. The Catholic Church likes to likes to fancy itself riding in on the coattails of Jesus Christ, which is why I think it's more of an abomination to God. Because they do these things under the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ would never sanction anything that the Catholic Church does. Other than being anti-abortion, maybe. It is an abomination from the pit of hell. So, first line in his last article. In the wake of Vatican II, traditionalist Roman Catholic groups see evidence that the Alta Vendetta, or Vendita, has indeed succeeded. Now, we're going to talk about what that means in a second. Above even the most improbable calculations... I tell you what, Tom Horn, you you are something else. You are something else. <laughs> I so see through you and what you're doing. Oh my word! Unbelievable. Now I went and I did a keyword search for Alta Vendita or Alta Vendetta, whatever. 
And there's a book that was written by John Vernarni, The Permanent Instruction of the Alta Vendita, The Masonic Blueprint for the Subversion of the Catholic Church. Oh, it's the Masons. Yes, the Masons are wicked. Okay, I've done many a study exposing them. But the Catholic Church is equally as wicked and was equally as wicked before the Masons ever supposedly infiltrated the Catholic whore church. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I love, I mean, it's as though, oh no, they, they, were, they weren't corrupt. It's just the Masons. So, the permanent instruction of the Alta Vendita, commonly called the Alta Vendita, is a document originally published in Italian in the 19th century, purportedly produced by the highest lodge of the Italian Cabaneri. The document details an alleged Masonic plan to infiltrate the Catholic Church and spread liberal ideas within it. And see, again, all the articles that he's been putting out lately, this is what they keep harping on. The secret, wicked, Masonic infiltrators. This is the only reason that the Catholic Church is, is, is bad now. Oh. The Carbonani, Carbonari, this lodge, had strong similarities to the Freemasons. And so the document is seen by some as a Masonic document. In the 19th century, Pope Pius IX and Pope Leo XIII both asked for it to be published. The reason, I imagine, is because they wanted to show that there's this wicked plot to infiltrate the Catholic Church. It is still propagated by many traditionalist and set of Vaticanist Catholics, which are different sects of Catholics, who believe it accurately describes the changes in the church in the post-Vatican II era. Vatican II, okay, back in the last half of the 1900s, okay, comes and supposedly starts introducing all of these liberal ideologies into the Catholic Church. And this is what they want to blame everything on. And there are sects of Catholics, the traditionalist, or the set of Vaticanist sects, that want to go back to the old ways. And they believe the old ways were the better way. And we're going to look at some of the old ways and see what they're fighting so hard to bring us back to. And what Tom Horn, by virtue of propagating this garbage, is also wanting to bring back. Because he's doing nothing to expose it. He's propagating it. As a result, some have... Okay, now we're going back to the main article from Tom Horn. Right off his website. As a result, some have developed a critical attitude toward the church hierarchy in the belief that the post-Vatican II teachings contra contradict and infect solemn Catholic dogmas with modernism, ecumenicism, collegiality, not congeniality, collegiality, and religious liberty, which are clearly reminiscent of the secret society's objectives. Oh, it's just these terrible secret societies. We, we, we do not want to contradict or infect solemn Catholic dogmas. And this is right off his site. He's not refuting this. 
He's agreeing with it. Such secessionists, meaning they're wanting to secede, like the South wanted to secede from the Union in the Civil War, there is a sect of Catholics who are traditionalists. They want to secede from the modern day Catholic Church because it's become corrupted since Vatican II. It was already corrupted. It's always been corrupted. And it will never be anything but corrupted. Because the seed was bad from the beginning. The foundation was corrupt from its inception. And bad seed cannot grow a good tree which puts out good fruit. A bad seed can only grow a bad tree that puts out bad fruit. Which are all biblical concepts. Such secessionists point to the examples like John Paul II's 1982 prayer meeting in Assisi with over 100 religious leaders, including pagans. His meetings with the Dalai Lama, who placed a Buddhist statue on the altar in the Church of St. Francis. His receiving of the mark of the adorners of the Hindu god Shiva. His meetings with devil-worshipping voodoo high priests, during which he even justified voodoo as possessing truth and good, seeds of the word. And these are direct quotes from him. And so on, and so on, are all in accordance with the principles of Vatican II. Oh, see, it's all Vatican II's fault. Again, you see what we're what he's doing here? Not so subtly. Radical Catholic groups like the Set of Vaticanus, which in Latin means to the seat being vacant, consider such activity by the Catholic Church evidence that the Pope's following of Vatican II are illegitimate and that they're heretics, and that the Holy See why would, why would a Christian go up there and put out, call something Roman Catholic holy? But that's what Tom Horn does over and over. The Holy See of Rome has been technically vacant since the death of either Pope Pius XII in 1958 or Pope John uh, Thirteenth in 1963, which was in that time frame of Vatican II, I believe. With some classifying John Thirteenth the 23rd, as a modernist anti-pope. Oh, boy. Some believe this has even paved the way for a showdown during the next period of vacancy in the papal office that could witness frustrated traditionalists among the College of Cardinals desperate to elect a sitting bishop of Rome as apostolic successor. Now, I am doing this because over the years, I have pointed people to Raiders News Network. So now I feel responsible that if I've had listeners that went up there like I did, like I, I mean, you could still go up there and they still have a lot of good articles on different subjects. Transhumanism, I don't know of a better website on the planet, okay, than this site. But all of a sudden, it's like in this last year in particular, all of a sudden, Tom Horns went Catholic crazy. And it's just every time I turn around promoting and promoting. And I wrote him about it when he first started doing it, and I, I just got ignored. The guy was on my email list for a long time. But now it's like the gloves have really come off. And I guess, I don't know, whether it's his handlers or whatever, have told him, okay, time for you to kick it into high gear, and time for you to start pointing everybody toward the Catholic Church. But do it in such a way 
where it seems as though there is an excuse why the Catholic Church has been corrupted. And this is how, this is the angle he's taking. So I'm doing this to try to give you, like if somebody were to go up there being a new Christian and to read this, it might be extremely confusing because it's like, well, I don't get it, you know, I, I don't, I, so I'm, I'm trying to sit here and interpret what's going on here for you. And it's, it's a very obvious interpretation when you start looking at the big picture, what is going on. So, going further with Tom Horn's article, and then he gives this picture of this guy, this uh, guy we're going to be talking about. And I mean, these Catholic pictures, it's like they couldn't look more evil or morbid. This cardinal that I guess we're going to be talking about, I mean, the guy looks like Bram Stoker's like little brother Dracula boy or something. I mean, the, the guy looks beyond evil. I'll show Taylor a picture. I mean, he looks like a fun guy. A really, really fun, fun guy. I mean, the life of every party. I mean, the guy couldn't look more creepier. But anyway, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. So, Catholic, going back to his article, Catholic experts say that the title Peter the Roman is potent in that it indicates that the last pope may satisfy the desires of Rome and its dominionist pals in America. Now, who would that include? Well, the dominionists, which I've done whole studies on dominionism which is the sect of Christianity that believes that there's not even going to be a tribulation. Because we're so good and so righteous and so holy that we are going to literally usher in the age of Jesus Christ where he's going to have no choice but to come back and rule and reign. And that revelation, really the tribulation isn't even going to happen because we're going to be so, through our own our own works and our own righteousness, we are going to just usher that time era in. And they're called dominionists. I've done teachings on them. You can key in in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. It's a huge, huge movement. Not, not some little splinter movement. Huge. But he's saying now, he's blaming them, the, um, indicates the last pope may satisfy the desires of Rome and its dominionist pals in America, by reviving an authoritarian Babylonian state religion. On this order, the man who, in 2002, correctly predicted that the Pope succeeding John Paul II would be named Benedict XVI, Ronald L. Conte Jr., believes the next Pope will take the name Pius VIII, a.k.a. Peter the Roman. Now look at here again. Tom Horn's promoting some Catholic guy who made this prediction, and Tom Horn's making sure everybody knows this guy's been accurate in his previous prediction. Pointing to him, recommending him, using him as a source of total truth. Catholic. Conti's eschatology seems to stem all the way back to Dr. Henry Edwards. Henry Edward Cardinal Manning, which is the picture of this morbid dude that he put on here that I put in the PDF. This Cardinal, uh, Dr. Henry Edward Cardinal Manning, who was the Archbishop of Westminster from 1865 to 1892, before conversion to Catholicism, now we're going to get some history about this guy. Not condemnation, we're going to get some, some promoting history. He says, before conversion to Catholicism, he was an influential Anglican cleric, but lost faith in the Church of England in 1850, 
when, quote, in the so-called Gorham Judgment, the Privy Council successfully ordered the church to institute an evangelical clergyman who denied that the sacrament of baptism had an objective effect on baptismal regeneration. Now, if you were reading this and you weren't reading this close, you could skim right over this and just keep going. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to dissect every little part of this so you can understand how flagrant Horn's getting regarding the propagation of this death cult. So let's look at that last sentence again. Because I'm not letting him off the hook at all anymore. I just refuse. This is a guy that this Conti guy is promoting, and also Tom Horn. This guy that was the Archbishop of Westminster, 1865 to 1892. Before his conversion to Catholicism, he lost faith in the Church of England. Why? Because in this Gorham judgment, the Privy Council successfully ordered the Church to institute an evangelical clergyman who denied the sacrament of baptism had an objective effect of baptismal regeneration. In other words, it sounds like the guy was trying to do the right thing. We do not get baptized as an infant. That does not count biblically. You get baptized after you get saved. Well, this guy denied the sacrament of baptism, which is a more of a Catholic thing anyway. Infant baptism. He denied that it had, it, that it had an effect of baptismal regeneration. Well, it doesn't. He was in the right, this guy. But Tom Horn's presenting this, like, because this is the thing that jaded him from the faith of the, of the Church of England. When it shouldn't have jaded him from the faith, it should have just reaffirmed that at least it was way better than the Catholic Church. I'm not saying the Church of England was a yeah, saving faith. But I'm saying that this was a good thing this guy was denying. The sacrament of baptism and infant baptism has no baptismal regeneration effect, in other words. Okay? Well, this person that they're going to be promoting and extolling here, this Dr. Henry Edward Cardinal Manning, this was the straw that broke the camel's back for him. Because he believed in that. He believed that the sacrament of baptism had a baptismal regeneration effect. This should be said about the guy in condemnation. But on Tom Horn's site, it's said about the guy in adoration. In, oh, what a great guy he was. I mean, I feel like I'm reading this, and I feel like that, I'm like, am I really reading what I'm seeing here? Is he this flagrant? I'm going further. In Tom Horn's article, the denial of the objective effect of the sacraments was to Manning, this guy that ended up becoming a Catholic, was to Manning and many other a grave heresy. Why? Because they believed in the sacrament of baptism, that it would actually have an, a, a uh, that it would actually baptismally regenerate you. Well, that's infant baptism. The sacrament of baptism in the Catholic Church is infant baptism. This contradicting of tradition, oh, tradition, 
The traditions of men have made the word of God of none effect. That's what the Bible says. That the traditions of men have made the word of God of none effect. And this is a great example of that. This contradicting of tradition within the church by the order of the civil secular court was too much for Manning. Oh, this is the straw that broke the camel's back for him. Who viewed it as evidence that the Anglican church was merely a man-made creation of the English parliament. So the very thing that should not have offended him, that actually was biblically correct, that offended him. He reviewed that as heresy. And that's the thing that caused him to, to finally convert to be a Catholic. <laughs> that's something that you expose somebody for. Not something that you extol them for. I mean, this is insanity. Let's go further. After departing the Church of England, Manning converted to Catholicism and entered the seminary. He was ordained a priest June 14, 1851, and by 1865 had risen to the Archbishop of Westminster. Now listen to this. Again, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. This is what we're absolutely 100% seeing with Tom Horn's absolute endorsement and propagation of the Catholic death cult. He is clearly endorsing evil. Clearly calling evil good. Listen to this. After he had risen to the Archbishop of Westminster, he was a he was a significant presence in the setting the direction of the modern Catholic Church and achieved particular fame for his doctrine of papal infallibility. The dogma that the Pope is preserved from even the possibility of error when he speaks ex cathedra. <laughs> so he was the guy that brought in the concept of papal infallibility. And Tom Horn is promoting him like he's some wonderful stalwart of the faith? I almost feel like, I, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone reading his articles. He should call it Catholic News Network, not Raiders News Network. What's ex cathedra mean? It literally means from the chair. Now I added this in just so you would know what this means. And has been identified as meaning when in exercise of his office as shepherd, being the Pope, and the teacher of all Christians. Now, to get to be the Pope, you've got to be probably one of the most wicked, evil devils in all the Catholic Church. You've got to literally have sold your soul to Satan, essentially. And he is viewed as the office of shepherd, the teacher of all Christians, in virtue of his supreme apostolic authority. The Pope defines a doctrine concerning faith or morals to be held by the whole church. The chair referred to is not the literal chair, but refers metaphorically to the Pope's position or office as the official teacher of the Catholic doctrine. The chair was the symbol of the teacher in the ancient world. So the word ex-cathedra literally means from the chair. This devil was the one that achieved particular fame for his doctrine of papal infallibility. There's no Bible for any of this garbage. The only one that was infallible was Jesus Christ. And the popes are the farthest thing from 
from good, from infallible, that I could possibly think of on planet Earth. And yet, supposedly, whatever comes out of their devil mouth is law, is basically like God on this Earth. What a blasphemous, disgusting, sickening doctrine papal infallibility is. And this was this guy's claim to fame that good old Tom Horn's promoting. So, this doctrine of papal infallibility became dogma, meaning it was, it was basically, bam, it was, it was Catholic law during the first Vatican Council of 1870. Manning's unrelenting emphasis on the prerogatives and powers of the Pope included authority over local, temporal, and spiritual hierarchies such as local bishops defined as ultra-monotonism in his day and the idea that papal superiority should exist even over councils and kings. Do you realize that this is what the traditionalists want to bring back? And that Tom Horn is promoting this garbage and extolling people like this devil? I would rather it be the way it is right now after Vatican II than have literally the Pope and the papacy ruling over all factions of government, which is what this says, unrelenting emphasis on the prerogatives and powers of the Pope included authority over all local, temporal, and spiritual hierarchies. That includes all aspects of the government and local bishops. And the idea that papal superiority, meaning the Pope's superiority, should exist even over councils and kings, meaning the Pope should rule the world. And this is what the traditionalists want to bring back and is the reason they're saying the Catholic Church has been corrupted. Because it's not this way. The good old days. Are you kidding me? Am I reading this? I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, this is just, just blowing my mind that Horn is putting this stuff out. How flagrant can you get? I've never seen anything like it. I have never seen anything like this in my life where a ministry that I viewed at one time was, was I don't know, Christian, to make this crossover and to get so flagrant in such a short period of time. It's just unbelievable. And I'm seeing this trend over and over and over again. Yeah, we, we, we need to have papal, the, the doctrine of papal infallibility and the papal, uh, the Pope's iron fist rule over all of humanity. They, we, we definitely need to bring that back because the world would be such a better place. I mean, look at the Inquisitions. I mean, there was so much good fruit from that. I mean, I, I don't, wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> you know, all the millions and millions of people slaughtered and ritually killed and, 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 and killed in the most horrific ways that you could possibly ever, ever, ever imagine, all under the name of God, and that's just one thing they did? Oh, man, I, it's just unbelievable. So, going back to good old Tom Horn's article, historians view the 19th century revival of ultra-monotonism as progressing through three distinct stages. Number one, 1814, the revival. Now remember, ultramontanism has to do with papal superiority. So the revival of ultramontanism 
ultramontanism progressed through three distinct stages, according to historians. Number one, 1814, the revival of the Jesuit order, which was always the mainstay of the curial as opposed to local authority. Again, the Jesuits, the most wicked, evil faction of the Catholic death cult. The basically the the the, the, the line cheating evil devil assassins. That was the first progression of of this papal superiority, this ultra monetism. That was that was step one, bringing them back, the revival of the Jesuit order. Number two, 1864, the issuing by Pius IX of the, quote, syllabus in which Catholicism and any form of liberalism were held to be incompatible. In other words, a step toward the progression of Catholicism being the only one true religion, the only one valid on the planet Earth, which is how they view themselves. Third step, 1870, the declaration by the First Vatican Council that the Pope is infallible when he makes, by virtue of his office, a solemn pronouncement on faith or morals. So we got the most wicked devil on the planet at the head of the Catholic Church. And we have a declaration in 1870 by the First Vatican Council that the Pope is infallible. How what blasphemy. What rank blasphemy. The Pope is infallible when he makes, by virtue of his office, a solemn pronouncement on faith and morals. And this is the garbage Tom Horn is putting out as though it's good and true. He's not exposing this. I can see if he did an article, like, what I'm doing, I'm exposing. I'm doing what he should be doing. Okay? No, 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 no. He's promoting it. He's promoting this as fact and as good. There's no refutation of any of this. Oh, I'm sure this this wouldn't confuse any of his listeners. They're seeing this. There's no red flags here at all. No, there's not, Tom. Because we know, hopefully now, and I pray to God that all people see through you and see exactly what you're doing and the flagrance of what you're doing. And that God visit you for this wickedness and this evil that you're propagating. You and all your ilk. Because you have made it abundantly clear where you stand. There is no doubt. No doubt. No way you could claim innocence anymore. I've heard other people try to defend him. There's none of that. There's no repentance. There's there's no, oh boy, I made a mistake. No, no. It is flagrant, flagrant, flagrant what you're doing. No doubt. And I'm glad. I would rather somebody come out right out and, and you know call a spade a spade. Let's let's you know what are you, man? What are you? I want to know what you are. Are you are you trying to? No, it's not subtle anymore. It's in your face. Good. I'm glad you made that stand. I'm, I'm glad you've really come out and just let it all be known. The only thing you need to do is change your 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 website to Catholic News Network and proclaim that you know you follow the Pope. Or actually, you're not going to follow this Pope because he's, he's not in the traditionalist spirit. It's because it's, it's one of the corrupted ones. <laughs> I mean, that's all you'd have to do at this point. So let's go further. These facts make Manning all the more remarkable. 
Now this is from his site. He is promoting, he's calling this man remarkable. The man that gave us the doctrine of papal infallibility, blasphemous as you could possibly ever get, believed in baptismal regeneration, believed that the Pope should have absolute total um, authority over all aspects of humanity, essentially, through the doctrine of ultramonetism, Tom Horn says these facts make Manning all the more remarkable. He's praising him. Given how, during the 1800s and the 1900s, a series of scholarly opinions were published outlining how events in the Roman Catholic Church combined with a long-time anti-papist goals by secret Masonic infiltrators would give rise in the last day to the great apostasy in Rome and the advent of the Antichrist. See, this has all been predicted by these wonderful Jesuits. They knew all this was going to happen. And they knew these battled Masonic infiltrators were going to come in and corrupt the true Catholic religion. And that this would give rise to the great apostasy in Rome. Like it hasn't always been apostate. I mean, it's always been totally apostate. You see how he's working this? Among the strongest proponents of this eschatology was Cardinal Manning himself, who delivered a series of lectures in 1861 under the title, quote, The Present Crisis of the Holy See Tested by Prophecy, in which Manning foresaw a future crisis in the Roman Catholic Church. Oh no. Initiated by the type of ecumenicism and flexible dogma that many conservative Catholics have loathed following the Second Vatican Council. Ooh, that's where all the evil came in. Ooh, Vatican II. That's the source. Other than that, the Catholic Church is just hunky-dory. You know? Many believe this change in orthodoxy would undermine the authority of the Church and finally result in a departure of the profession of the Catholic faith by the nations together with the displacement of the true Pope by a false prophet, thus ushering in the Antichrist and the global apostasy. So see, Tom Horn is is using all this end-time eschatology, Jesuit eschatology, that he's totally keyed on and focusing in on to prove all of his theories now. Malachi Martin. All of these Jesuit priests. They're all Jesuits too. It's not like they're even regular Catholic priests. They're all Jesuits. The most wicked evil faction. The mo- I mean, I read you the extreme oath of the Jesuits. I mean, they can lie, steal, cheat, kill, do whatever they want to in order to pro- propagate the Catholic religion. <laughs> and we're supposed to believe them. And this is where he's getting all of his stuff from. Pretty much. So we wouldn't mind, we, we, it's just been the Vatican too. It, it's undermined the authority of the church and finally resulted in this departure of the profession of the true Catholic faith. That's all it's been. See, I've had it wrong all along. You know? <sighs> Unbelievable. I don't know how much more in your face you can get. Going further, Manning also believed secret societies like the Freemasons were part of this conspiracy. 
Mm, yeah. The secret societies have long, have long ago undermined and honeycombed the Christian society of Europe and are at this moment struggling towards Rome, the center of all Christian order in the world, he wrote. See, that's how the Catholics view and fancy themselves, as the center of the Christian universe, the true mother church. And this devil Manning, who Tom Horn is quoting and calling him remarkable and telling all of the wonderful things he did, like bringing his papal infallibility and ultramonitanism and the supreme uh, uh, authority and rule of the Pope, praising him for all of these things, Manning says that, you know, it's just, it's just these terrible secret societies that are infiltrating But when he looked at the prophecy in Revelation 18, this is Manning, concerning the end-time destruction of Mystery Babylon, Manning saw it was the hand of God in judgment of the worldwide apostasy emanating from Rome. See, it's just because they've they've strayed from from the true Catholic faith that God has to judge them in Revelation 18. That's all it is, though. We read in the book of the Apocalypse, this is a quote from Manning, I wasn't even going to include this, but I really want to give you the big picture. I don't want anybody to get sucked up in in, in Horn's trap here that he's trying to set for everyone. I view what Tom Horn's trying to do is get a maximum amount of people into hell in the lake of fire. Him and any of his ilk that do this garbage, that's what their true agenda is. Now, they would never admit that. But what, 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 what ultimately would be the ultimate fruit if you bought into this? And you started believing that the Catholic Church really was good. And that, oh, it just had been infiltrated. And then you end up becoming one. And then you end up going after the miracles and the signs and the lying wonders and all the other garbage that goes along with the Catholic Church. You're going to end up going to hell. Because you've trusted in a false devil cult religion that people like Tom Horn and other splinters of supposed Christianity are starting to now all the more point to this. I view that very offensively. You're trying to take people to hell. I think God views it very offensively as well. Probably way more than I can even comprehend. Or any of us. So I do get mad about this kind of stuff. I am righteous indignant about this when I see people posing as Christians, basically using the guise of Christianity... Right, trying to ride the coattails of Jesus Christ and through subtlety and through feigned words and devil deeds trying to get people into hell. I view that with great offensiveness. And you should too. Be ye angry and sin not. We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith, the true faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For certain men that crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation according to Jude. They were before of old ordained. I don't really understand how all that works. But they were vessels of wrath fitted. That word means to be prepared aforetime for God's destruction. The wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. That's what the Bible says. I don't really understand all that. But there are some people that were before of old ordained to this condemnation. And I'm telling you right now, that's what I'm seeing here. 
I don't see any repentance. Let's 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 read this Manning, this Catholic Archbishop Manning's assessment of Romans 18. We read in the book of the Apocalypse, meaning Revelation, of the city of Rome that she said in her in the pride of her heart, "I sit as a queen, and am no widow." And sorrow I shall not see. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day. Death and mourning and famine. And she shall be burned with fire. Because God is strong. Who shall judge her? Some of the greatest writers in the church tell us. That the great city of seven hills. The city of Rome. Will probably. Become apostate. Like it wasn't already. Oh no. Not not according to him. Just because the evil Masonic infiltrators. And that Rome will again be punished, for he will depart from it, and judgment of God will fall. Now this is from this Manning guy that lived back in the 1800s. So they were already predicting this stuff, which then again reaffirms what Tom Horn's trying to put out. Thus, just as the prophecy of the popes and numerous other Catholic Visionary conveyances do. Manning foresaw the destruction of the city of Rome as a result of his of its partnership with the Antichrist. Okay, I'm going to have to stop here because I'm going to be running over time here. So I'm going to stop here, and we're going to pick this up in part three, and we'll go from there. So God bless you.